Well, we are in our uh, series called Living on a Prayer, and we are in week three of this series. And uh, living on a prayer is something that, um, it goes beyond just the emergencies. Just, it goes beyond uh, life's uh, ER moments, right? And we can pray in those moments. We love to pray in those moments. And, uh, but it goes, our prayer life should be something that is, that goes beyond that and is something that we do all the time and every day, in fact. And so, uh, in this living on prayer series is pretty much about that. In week one, we talked about the priority of prayer and that uh, it was all about pray first. And if you did not receive one of these wristbands, you need to make sure you get one. I think we had some people pass some more of these out today, but it's called pray first. And I encourage you to wear these wristbands as a reminder to pray first, uh, whether it be throughout your day or uh, in a, before you step into a meeting, students before you step in, uh, onto the bus or onto campus at, uh, at your school, or even when the bell rings uh, before your next class. Uh, adults, while you're driving to work, whatever it is, pray first before you walk into any situation and uh, as you start your day. And I hope this uh, will help you uh, with that. And we do have some other material uh, we're going to be passing out um, next week that's going to help you with your personal devotion uh, with praying first. And then uh, last week, we talked about the power of prayer. So first week is about the priority of prayer. This is about the power of prayer. There's some elements you, we can include in our prayer life that would give us more power. And we learned this when we were in the book of Acts last week. And we saw uh, that in this prayer gathering, in, the, in this scene that we looked at in the book of Acts, it includes some elements that we can have in our prayer life to make it more powerful. One of those elements is unified prayer. When the church is unified, there is power in that. I believe what we did here today, praying together with other believers, Praying and interceding with one another is, it brings more power to that. And unified prayer is one. And another thing we saw is scripture. We're going to be looking at that a lot today. But when we bring scripture into this, what it does, it's just a reminder of God's promises. Now, God doesn't need to be reminded. It's really for us. But just God loves when we tie in his word, his written word, with prayer. So God... You said in, in, in your word back here, and so we're going to claim this promise when you include that scripture in with your prayer, it makes it more powerful. I know scripture was written by the hands of a men who are now dead and gone, but these words are no long, these words are not dead and gone at all. There's so much alive and active, and we can use that. So having unified prayer with the church, having uh, scripture with our prayer, and then praying bold prayers. Praying bold prayers. When was the last time you prayed a bold prayer? I'm talking about beyond, and these are good prayers. Lord, protect us on our travel. Lord, as I lay me down to sleep. Um, Lord, bless us food. You know, those kinds of prayers, yeah, those are great. And even Jesus prayed simple prayers of, of Lord, bless his food. He did. And those are great. But when was the last time you prayed a bold prayer? When you felt like it was God's will. And this is not a name it and claim it sort of thing. This is not a, well, I, I claim this in the name of, name of Jesus. It's all about when you are connected to God the Father. We'll talk about that today. When you are connected to God the Father, when the Holy Spirit is moving in your life, the Holy Spirit will, will plant that in your heart and say, all right, pray this prayer. 
boldly pray this prayer because the Lord is behind it. And so when you pray a bold prayer, what it does, it, it engages another part of, your, of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. And that it increases your faith and it gives you a, a, a pillar to stand on. Even the planting of this church. The planting of this church has pillars that we stand on. On those pillars outside of obviously the word of God. But God continues to speak in so many different ways. And we prayed bold prayers. And we stand on those. Because guess what? God spoke through that. And we look back and say God still speaks. God still speaks. God still moves. It's the same God who can part the Red Sea. Same God who can make the sun stand still. Same God who can call Lazarus from the grave. It's the same spirit that lives, that rose Christ from the dead, lives in us. And we can go back and say, yes, it's the same God. We need those pillars in our life. So pray bold prayers. It's okay. You could do that. Now, an example of a bad, bold prayer is like, Lord, I claim it in the name of Jesus. I need this boat. <laughs> right? Eh, that's questionable, right? Or I need this, you know, this Jeep, this brand new Jeep or, you know, whatever it is, you know. Um, it's, it's, it goes deeper than that. And the Holy Spirit's going to give that to you, plant that to you. Ask the Lord, what's a bold prayer that I can pray in my life. So unified prayer, prayer with scripture, and bold prayer. Well, today's sermon will move us into the plan of prayer. The plan of prayer. We have the, the priority prayer, pray first. Um, and we have the power of prayer. And now today we're gonna talk about the plan of prayer. And actually, the next couple of weeks we're gonna be talking about specific plans of prayers. Now, having a prayer plan, I think, is very important. Having a way that you can pray is very important. Now, not all prayers need to be prayed like that. Jesus showed us that there are spontaneous prayers and there are planned prayers. And we're going to get in one today. And Jesus, as he spoke spontaneous prayers, he encourages us, we can pray those spontaneous prayers. Absolutely. We can pray those short prayers. One of the most famous short prayers Jesus ever prayed is, Lazarus, come forth. Three words, pretty short prayer. It's actually a command, commandment prayer, declaration, bold prayer, and, uh, and guess what? It happened. And so the prayers could be short, they could be spontaneous, but today we're going to talk about bold, uh, we're going to talk about a prayer plan, and this prayer plan, or another word is a prayer model, is the Jesus prayer, or otherwise known as the Lord's prayer. Now, many people know the Lord's Prayer. There have been several times in my life when I'd be standing in a, in a circle of friends, either, either before a, a concert, I remember in high school before a chorus concert, or on the track team, you know, holding hands in the track team. And we're, we're all holding hands and we're saying the Lord's Prayer. And I'm just looking around and, I, and we just recite it. We just memorize it. And, um, and, and it wasn't anything that the coach said, hey, here's the Lord's Prayer, hand it out. You just need to memorize this. Never. It was just all, all of a sudden before a game, before a concert, hey, let's hold hands and recite the Lord's Prayer. And I was like, hey, this is going to be interesting because I know there are several of these people in, our, in this circle, they don't go to church, right? And they have a, a, a lifestyle just didn't reflect that, being a Christian. And I'm just kind of one eye shut, one eye open. You ever pray like that? All right? 
just to kind of see who else's eyes are closed. And I'm kind of doing that. And it's amazing. These people know that prayer. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. They know the Lord's Prayer. They can recite it. Problem is, that's all they're doing. There's a reciting. Now, I don't know their heart. I don't know if maybe they meant those words. I'm not saying that. But looking at their, the way they live their life, I'm just like going, okay, uh, they, they're just kind of reciting these words by rote. And I think God wants us to go beyond that. And this Jesus prayer came out of a conversation that the disciples had with Jesus, and they asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, the disciples knew how to pray because according to Jewish culture, the, the, the boys grew up memorizing prayer, prayer, several prayers, and they would memorize all these prayers so they could, they could pray these prayers, but they saw that Jesus took it a whole step further. In fact, they noticed that he would be gone for hours somewhere praying. It's like, okay, the, the prayers that I've learned, Jesus, only take like 30 seconds to pray. So unless you're praying lots of different prayers multiple times, how, what are you doing? And so they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And so we get what is now the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus um, said this, he used a technique that many rabbi teachers, Jewish teachers use, teaching God's truth by providing an outline drawn from Scripture. So Jesus gave them this outline for how to talk to the Father. And this same outline is for us today. The Jesus prayer, the Lord's prayer, is so much more than reciting some memorized words. It's a powerful outline and a plan to connect better with your heavenly Father. So, let's look at this model prayer. Now, if you turn your, your copy of God's Word into Matthew chapter 6, your written copy or your, your uh, digital copy. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 today. And uh, we are going to look at several different passages of Scripture. But our main passage is going to be Matthew 6. Now, Matthew 6 is in the beginning of the New Testament. And so it's pretty easy to find. So if you go to the New Testament, go to the very first book of the New Testament and uh, go to chapter 6. That is where we are going to be. And um, so let's go to Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 through 13. And it says this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this Lord's Prayer, Jesus didn't just give us a prayer. He gave us an outline of a prayer. He gave us a plan of a prayer. He didn't just give us this Lord's Prayer. Hey, just memorize this and recite it. And when you pray, you just pray these prayers. If, if you look at it closely... 
It's actually a plan that we can utilize, and that's what we're going to look at today. So the first part is our Father in heaven. What this shows is respect and intimacy. The main goal Jesus wanted for this prayer was to teach us how to connect with the Father. Jesus called God Abba, Father. That's similar to us calling our fathers Daddy. It's the same Greek word. This makes us warm and personal and and it makes it familiar and comfortable. Jesus wanted to approach God as as sons as daughters, which we are. In fact, the Apostle Paul talks about this. You don't have to turn there. But in Romans 8, 14 through 15, it says this. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy. Now, nothing will determine your relationship with God more than your view of him. Addressing him as your father still shows respect, but accurately demonstrates your access and closeness. For instance, my children, we expect some sort of respect to their father. But at the same time, I want our kids to be comfortable around us where they say, hey, Dad, I love you. Or give me a hug. Or ask about my day. It's, it's respect of authority and intimacy all rolled in one. Now, I need to let you know something. This didn't exist. This Abba Father idea didn't exist until the New Testament, until Jesus brought it. Because in the Old Testament, it was about all authority, you know, and, and God Almighty, this idea of father, of a daddy sort of relationship was new. That's why the disciples were, okay, teach us how to pray. Well, first of all, you, you got to approach God like he's your father. Approach God like he is your father. And so your outlook on who God is and how you approach him is huge. Second thing, as we move on, hallowed be your name. This is the worship part. So we approach God as Father, and then we worship him. Hallow means bless, honor, and holy. God's name is a place of protection and holiness. His name is powerful and carries much authority. When we worship his, um, this name, we have access to this authority. When we worship the name of Jesus, we have access to this authority. You know, one example is when, especially when our kids were little, uh, I would send a message, and if I didn't want to feel like getting up, you know, from, you know, uh, part of the house, and I see a kid, and I wanted to relay a message to another kid, I'll stop one of the kids and say, hey, go upstairs and tell so-and-so, you know, he needs to clean his room. Now, if, if that kid went upstairs and just said, hey, clean your room, what are the likelihood that's going to happen? Zero. However, if that kid tells the other one, hey, dad says to clean your room. Now, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't always 100% that they obeyed that, but that's another issue. But it brings more authority. 
Dad says, and, and those kids really like bringing that message, okay, because it's like a stamp of approval. It, it, it's like, hey, I've got this really, this sealed sort of message, you know, this sort of uh, authority. Dad says, or mom would do that. Mom says, clean your room. It brings another level of authority. When we go before the fa- Father, say, hallowed be thy name, holy is your name, worthy is your name, you're acknowledging the worthiness and the holiness of God and his son Jesus. And so because of that, because if you, you're a child of God, if you have accepted Christ as Savior, then you can have access to that authority. When you worship his name, you can worship even the other names of God. So uh, other names of God like righteousness, healer, God, I worship you as my healer, my good shepherd, I worship you. You are holy, my peace, my comfort, my provider, God, my provider. You, you, you worship God as your provider, man, that gets his attention. Because guess what? He's more than able. He is more than able. He just wants to help. He just wants to be there. And so we have this respect and authority, God the Father, Daddy God, then this, this holiness as we worship him. And then we move into the Father's agenda first. Your kingdom come, your will be done. This means we pray fathers, uh, the Father's agenda first. We don't go before the Father and say, okay, thank you, God, and praise you, and hallowed be your name, and worthy is your name. Now, this is what's going on in my life. What Jesus is showing us in this, in this, in this model prayer, this plan, and remember, it's an outline, is this. Uh, pray, pray my agenda first. Pray my agenda first. Your kingdom come, your will be done. By acknowledging his kingdom and his will and praying that they would extend from heaven to earth, we're respecting that his ways are always better than ours. That is huge. Your will, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, whatever's in heaven, copy, paste, and bring it down to earth. What is God's top priority and primary agenda? What is it? It's people. It's always people. God's top priority is people. For God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world. God's top priority is people. Your will, your kingdom, come. Your will be done. So we come to the Father with respect and authority and intimacy. Then we move in, into this spirit of, of, of worship and then acknowledging his kingdom, and then we get to asking the Lord for what's on our hearts and our minds. This is sort of a, a sort of a dependence upon God. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. We can now bring our concerns, our needs, and our requests to God. When we pray, give us, we're acknowledging that God has everything we need. He has everything we need. One of my favorite statements that I like to make is, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. 
Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Doesn't make sense, especially to the world, but it makes sense to God and his church. The, uh, the psalmist who wrote Psalm 121 expresses kind of dependence when he wrote these words. You probably have heard this before. Psalm 121, one and two. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and of earth. The maker of heaven and of earth. What sounds like a rhetorical question here actually has a literal aspect to it. Looking to the mountains does not refer to gazing towards heaven and God. That's not what the, what the author of this psalm is talking about. In ancient Jerusalem, the government leaders' headquarters were on the hills or mountains in most of the cities. That's where they put it. So the psalmist who wrote this, Psalm 121, was basically asking, does my help come from those in earthly power? No. The design. It's like us asking uh, ourselves, does our help come from Washington, D.C.? Emphatically, no. <laughs> Boy, does it ever not come from Washington, D.C. No, our help comes from our God, maker of heaven and of earth. Regardless of your needs, whether great or small, pray as if you have nothing except what God gives you for today. Depend on him for everything all the time. He wants to be your daily bread. And what this comes to, what this is referring to when Jesus says this, our, our daily bread, he's referring to the Israelites when they spent 40 years in the wilderness and God had to provide for them manna. He also provided quail. But every day, manna would sort of appear on, uh, on the ground. And they would have to go out outside the camp and they would collect this manna and they would eat it. Well, the interesting thing about manna is that it didn't last more than 24 hours. It, it literally rotted. And so what did they have to do? They had to go out again. Go out again outside the camp and pick up more manna and bring it in. They did this for 40 years. I think God trained them. Hey, you need to depend upon me. You need to depend upon me. When we go before God the Father and we go to him for, for, with petitions and needs, he wants us to go outside of our, our camp, outside of our daily life, and, and into his provision for us. And he wants us to collect that and bring it in. God, you are the one who can provide. You are the one who will provide. You are the one who will provide for our, my financial needs, for uh, all, all of the troubles that I am. You will provide. So that's where that comes from. Dependence. Give us this day our daily bread. So we start off with respect and intimacy into worship. We pray the Father's agenda first, your kingdom come. And then we say, okay, Lord, I depend upon you. Give me this day. Just, just for today. Give me this day. My daily bread. And then we move into confession. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Another word for debt here is sin. 
First, we confess our sins and our shortcomings to God, and we ask him to purify our hearts and attitudes. This is all about forgiveness. Then we go to forgive others. We need to get our hearts right with God and with people. That's just really what it's all about. Lord, what, what's, what's standing in the way between me and you? What's, what, 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 could, what have I done? You probably know. But just to confess that. Forgive me, Lord, of my sins. And, and, and don't just say sins. I mean, you can, but I would be specific. Lord, forgive me for, for thinking that thought. Forgive me for talking bad about that person. Forgive me for looking at that, that thing. Forgive me for not trusting in you. Forgive me for the, I mean, name those, those sins. And then go back and say, and I'm gonna forgive those who have done these things to me. I'm gonna forgive those who talked about me. I'm gonna forgive those who slander my name, who are spreading discord, spreading lies. I'm gonna forgive whoever, whoever has done wrong to me. And so as we get our hearts right with God and with people, we understand this spiritual truth. Forgiven people forgive people. Forgiven people forgive people. If you have been forgiven by God the Father through the blood of Jesus and you confess that sin, he's forgiven you, guess what? It's gonna make it easier for you to forgive others. Forgiven people forgive people. If we're harboring grudge, bitterness, resentment, and revenge against someone, then we're blocking our ability to receive the free gift of God's grace. So, we have this confession time. Again, this is an outline. You're getting it? It's a, it's a plan. It's a model for prayer. Sure, you can recite it, but it's, it's really interesting to see the outline. So we come to him with respect, intimacy. We worship him. We call out his agenda first. Lord, what, whatever you want, your agenda first. But, but Lord, this is, this is my request. This is what I need for today. And, and I just ask you to forgive me my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna forgive those who wronged me. And then we move into spiritual warfare. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's interesting, lead us not into temptation. Some people have even asked me, does God lead us into temptation? No, God doesn't tempt us. Now, he will allow temptation to come about. Trust me, there's plenty of temptations to go around. Temptation for you and a temptation for you. I mean, we all have temptations. Sometimes God will allow us to face temptations. Even Jesus was tempted. And he showed us how to combat that with the word of God and through prayer. But biblical scholars have really come up with more of a, a, a better translation of the, uh, with the original Greek. And so rather than lead us on to temptation, it's, it's, it's more an understanding of do not allow us to be led into temptation. Do not allow us to be led into temptations. Do you see the difference on that? 
We will face temptation presented by the enemy today, so we need God's help to resist and stand strong in our faith. God does not lead us into that. We can get there just fine by ourselves. But he can fortify and empower us to resist the traps the devil is waiting to spring upon us. This helps with our spiritual warfare. Jesus is showing us that prayer is most foremost communion with God, but it's also confrontation with the devil. That's what this prayer is. Communion with God the Father, but also confrontation with the enemy. The person that called me earlier this morning, who's, who has, you know, facing alcoholism, they were in a bad situation. As I close that, that phone call in prayer, and we're going to be do doing some more follow-up, but as I close that conversation in prayer this morning, I spoke to the evil one tempting that person. Call them out. Call it out. In the name of Jesus, we have been given the authority to do so. Spiritual warfare is part of the Lord's prayer. Paul talks about this in Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We don't struggle against flesh and blood. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's things we can't even see. So, we approach God, the Father, intimacy, respect. We worship him. Holy is your name. Righteousness. Peace. Provider. Lord, your will be done. Your kingdom first. And then, I, I just need this for today. Here's my, here's my petition. And I, I just ask you to please forgive me my sin. Here are the things. I'm going to list them out to you. You already know them. But just so to make sure we're on the same page, I'm going to list them out, Father. Here's, here's my sins. I confess them to you. And please help me not be led into temptation. Deliver me from the evil one today. Because guess what? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Deliver me from that evil one. And then finally, we see this. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Keep in mind, God already knows his ability. When we pray this way, we're not reminding ourselves of how amazing, limitless, and glorious he is in every way. This should empower and focus our faith. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. These phrases can lead us into other verses and passages of the scripture that reference these, uh, 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 these attributes and reasons to worship God. So yours is a kingdom. We see this in 1 Chronicles 29, 11. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. That's David's prayer after they received the offering of the people to build the temple. 
So yours is a kingdom, then yours is the power. We see this in Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too difficult for you. You include those passages, man, it just, just brings power to your prayers. So yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, and finally yours is the glory. We see this in Revelation 5.13. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. You know, we're going to witness that. We're going to be a part of that. There are people that we know. There are people that I know. There are family members of mine who are there right now who are part of that. They're doing that. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. So, that's the Jesus prayer. Now, I would encourage you to memorize the Jesus prayer, the Lord's prayer. Memorize the Lord's prayer. It's great. But don't just recite it. Take time with it. Take time with each one. Next week, we're going to be passing out, and I'll send an email out too. We'll be passing out... The, the tool to help you with this, because I know this is a lot of information, but we're going to actually give you something that you can use as a, in a digital copy or a printed copy that you can actually take the, this Lord's Prayer, the Jesus Prayer, to a whole nother level. So if I were to pray this prayer and, and make it different and make it kind of personal, you could, you could do something like this. My Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Please give me this day my daily bread. Please forgive my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. Help me not be led to temptation, but deliver me from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And you can make that very personal. But I, what I would even do is this. Use that outline that we talked about today. Use that plan and take time in each and every one. And to understand, Jesus gave us more than a prayer. He gave us a plan right there. And we're going to talk about another prayer plan next week. You don't want to miss it. But as we close today, the beginning of this, of this prayer, this plan, started off with our Father. Or if you want to make it personal, my Father in heaven. You know, um, the only way that you can really call God your Father is if you're a child of God. And the only way you could be a child of God 
is if you've been adopted into the kingship, into the family of God, by committing your heart to him, by confessing your sin, and asking Jesus to come into your life and be your savior. See, what a lot of people don't understand is this. A lot of people believe this. Everybody in the world is a child of God. That's not true. That's not biblical. Everybody is a creation of God. Yes. He knows every hair on everybody's head in the entire world. Yes, we are all, you know, the creation of God. We're not all the children of God. The only children of God. And the only people who are allowed to call him father, daddy, are the children of God who've been adopted in to the family of God by prayer and surrender of who you are and asking Jesus to be Lord of your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to make sure today, I know we talked a lot about this prayer. There's a lot involved in that. But the most important thing I want you to get out today, I want everyone in this room, whether you're here in this room or you're listening or watching online, I I want you to understand that I want you to be able to call God Father. I want you to be able to call him Daddy. That requires you to be a child of God. That means you've got to surrender your life to him. If you have never done that, I'm going to give you this opportunity today. Now, I'm not going to have you stand up or even raise your hand or come forward. You know, this, this has nothing to do with us and you or me and you. This has everything to do with you and God. So if you're ready to become a child of God, you better call him daddy. You say a prayer like this. Just, just say this at your seat. Say, God, I'm sorry for the things I've done. Please forgive me. I'm sorry for living my life on my own. I've tried it, and it doesn't work. I need a savior. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life, to be my savior, and bring me into the family of God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And Father, thank you for letting me call you Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, whether you're watching online or listening or here today, I'd love to hear about it. You can see me in the foyer uh, after the service. You can also send me an email. You can send me an email, pastor at uh, lakepointonline.com or frank at lakepointonline.com. It doesn't matter. I'd love to hear about it. And if, you're, if that is you, we would love to make sure you have the resources and everything to, uh, be a, uh, you know, to grow in your faith. And by the way, I just want to let you know, that, remind you that next week is our church picnic and baptism. We're baptizing several people next week. And if you want to be a part of that, you can let us know because uh, we'd love to add your name to that list. And uh, so baptism service is 7 o'clock ne- uh, in, the, in the evening at Terminus Wake Park. And it's right after our church picnic, which is right next door at um, the uh, Beach Volleyball Pavilion at Lake Point. And so that starts at 5. Bring potluck. Bring lots of food for everybody to share. And, um, and get ready to uh, put your game face on so we can do some volleyball for those who want to play. That's a 5 
11 o'clock. And we will have church service here, normal time, 11 o'clock, so you don't want to miss that. But we'd love to see you next week. And love you guys. Pray first. Thank you so much.